State Champs Michigan Face-Off Podcast is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity-level sports at Lawrence Tech, including men's and women's lacrosse. Simply log on to ltuathletics.com and click the Recruit Yourself link. Face-Off is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA needs officials, great part-time pay, stay connected to the game, support the kids, and give back. Help wanted? Just whistle. Go to mhsaa.com slash officials, the Detroit Medical Center's physical therapy and sports medicine team. This week, State Champs executive producer Lauren Plant had a chance to talk to DMC sports medicine physician Dr. John Marasso. They talked about common lacrosse injuries, treatment, and prevention. That conversation coming up a little later in the show. And finally, the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female High School Athlete of the Year Award. The state's elite athletes will be honored with a red carpet gala on Monday, June 14th at the incredible DAC in downtown Detroit. State champs will be streaming the event live. You can see this year's nominees by heading over to DAC Athlete of the Year. Dot com. Of course, uh, with my partner here on Faceoff, the smiling coach Greg Durham. My name is Sean Belegian, and uh, coach, part of the reason you're smiling, I know this one meant a lot to you. Yeah, I know you like to talk about other teams and what they're doing, <laughs> yep. but this was a pretty big W well, for Orchard Lake. Yeah, it was, it was a huge win for us. Um, you know, we've we've been up and down. Like we played Monday, and we played against Brian Comiscus, who we had in a couple weeks ago. Um, Great game. We were up in the game, 3 nothing. They came back, tied it, took a lead, went back and forth. We ended up losing 9-8, nine, nine, I think was the final. Um, just a good game. I wasn't upset with the guys because, you know, I think a lot of it is that we were overlooking and we were getting ready for CC. And that's the game we wanted. That was kind of the earmark game. We, we knew we were going to play them, you know, t- 12 days later after the first loss in overtime, by the way. Same exact score. Overtime. 8-7. You know, how could you even script it like that? So um, it was a great game. It was back and forth. Um, I, the best thing I can really say is that the guys played their, their tails off. They we had the, the irony of it was my face-off guy last time, my starter, he was out. He hurt himself in the Cranbrook game, had a separated shoulder. So he's out for at least a week or two. So I had a backup face-off guy come in who was on JV at the beginning of the season, but we moved him up probably about a month ago. And he started and took every face-off, and he battled. And that was huge. He was actually kind of an X-factor, no pun intended, to, to help us win that game. And it was really great. Mason uh, Moore, he did a great job. But the boys played their tails off. We won it in overtime. My freshman scored a game winner again. Mm. That's a second game winner in overtime. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it, you know, it's it's fun for the kids. It was exciting. But I said, you know, we still have business to do. This is, you know, let's enjoy it for about an hour and then get ready for Brother Rice on Saturday night. And we'll be playing Brother Rice for the Catholic League Championship um, at, at Detroit Catholic Central, uh, 730. And it should be a good game. That's the difficult part, Coach. I mean, that's the thing that, that you know, maybe sometimes people don't put this into perspective. These are young athletes. And, yes. and this is the biggest win, arguably, of their careers so far. Let's let's be honest. How do you get them to get that focus back? It's really, it's weird because you have to, like, talk to them. Like, so I actually, right after we won the game, we broke it out. We You know, we, we always say family at the end. And. Um, no matter what, we win or lose. And then they go and pack their bags. And I was like, just thinking for about three or four minutes while they're out there. And I go, guys, bring it back in. I go, 
just want to let you know that we have to just focus now if you guys want to win the next game because I, I truly believe they can beat anybody. That's my opinion. I also truly believe that we can lose anybody if we play their worst. I mean, I tell them that too. Keep in perspective. We're having fun. We're on a roll. Let's take, you know, let's take tomorrow's practice and let's work our asses off. Mm. Right? And yeah. so, and they did, they did that yesterday. And we had a good practice yesterday. Hopefully today when I go to practice, it'll be the same kind of energy. And then tomorrow night we just get ready to roll. And, and you know, I, no matter what happens, it's okay, you know, win or lose, it's like we're going to keep moving forward because we have six more games left. Absolutely. You know, I mean, we had the playoffs coming around the corner. I still have to play Okemos next week, who's a really good team, and that is just a regular season game. And then Saturday we have our first playoff game um, against um, Bay City Central, and then um, then we just kind of play our region, and then if we can win our region, then we'll get a chance hopefully to play uh, it looks like Forest Hills Eastern, I think, and they're a really good team. So I think you know, overall, I was going to go talk about the the, the brackets um, tonight, but you know, it's it's going to be a fun run because I think in what I've seen so far, anybody can beat anybody. So what time is that game on Saturday? Seven thirty. Seven thirty at Catholic Central. I know a guy that lives pretty close to there that yeah, might swing by. I know. Yeah, yeah, know. it's good stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it, it should it, be it, fun. I mean, you know, I mean, Rice is good. I mean, everybody knows that. I mean, they have, they've always, they've been good for my my whole coaching career. Measuring bar, right? Right, and then if you know, we ran with them the last time we played them, and you know, they got the best of us at the end, a couple penalties, and got us in trouble, and they end up, you know, scoring on man, you know, uh, extra man, and. It happens. So we end up losing, I think, 11-5, but we, are at the, we had the lead at the half. I mean, so that's, you know, you can, if you can keep with them and run with them and just play our game, we should be fine. But like I said, it's Brother Rice. When, yeah. You know, sometimes with the kids, no matter what team it is, not just my team, all teams, when you look at, when you step on the field with somebody like Rice or Forest Hill Central or CC, it's something about the uniform. You know what I mean? The kids get a little nervous. And, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. So. Uh, you've got these regionals, and you've got a bunch of things circled. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to figure it out. But, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're about to go into the mind of Coach Durham. Is he, He's got a few sheets so, of papers, and you've got a bunch of games circled there. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the, 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 the regions mm -hmm. in, in each one. So the first region, number one seed for Division One is going to be Brother Rice, right? Um, they're going to have to play Birmingham probably in the regional final. I don't know for sure if that's going to happen, sure. but I'm just saying that's the second-best seed, so I'll say Birmingham. Birmingham's had a pretty good season. Northville is in the opposite of that bracket. They're going to probably have to play Wall Lake Northern. Wall Lake Northern is a pretty good team. they got some good players. That's going to be a really nice game. That's a game I circled as probably one of the top games as a regional final. Mm. Um, Rockford's going to probably have to play uh, Granville. Um, you know, I know Mike DeWitt. His team's been up and down. Um, but, you know, Mike's a great coach. Those guys will get through it. They'll probably come through it there. Lake Orion and Rochester Adams. Man, that is going to be a game. Um, you know, Lake Orion, we played them. They're a really good team. We, we, we got the best of them that day. Rochester Adams is another good team. Actually, I think Lake Orion, Rochester Adams, and Clarkson tied for the OAA championship. I think that's how it worked. Couldn't remember exactly, but I was talking to Brian about it the other day. Heartland, here's 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 the unbalanced of all the seedings. Usually when we seed in lacrosse, we do a really good job. Unfortunately, Brighton and Heartland are in the same region. And they're gonna be and they just Heartland just beat Brighton 16-10, but 
I think that Brighton t- like, took some bad penalties from what I understand or whatever at the game. I heard it was a close game. It's closer than 16 to 10. They're going to play again in the regional final probably. That's going to be a fantastic game. If you can go to that game on Tuesday, it's uh, June 1st at 7.30 at Lansing Catholic Central, go because that's going to be a really good game. Salim plays Plymouth probably in their region. Uh, CC is going to play Macomb, Dakota. And then Clarkson, that's another game that's going to be probably pretty good, is going to probably play Midland Dow for the for the regionals, finals. Um, that's Division One. So I'm not going to get to the quarterfinals until next time so we can predict that. Division Two, you're probably going to have Forest Hill Central plays East Lansing. Forest Hill Central is a is the number one t- seeded team in, in Division Two. Um, number two seeded team is EGR East Grand Rapids. They're going to probably play at Galdonia, which I think they've played already this year, and they, I think they beat them pretty good. Um, you know, here's a surprise uh, in our in our rankings: uh, Traverse City St. Francis mm. is going to play Forest Hills Northern, probably in the regional final. And they're probably going to have to play the winner of the FHC uh, East Lansing game. So that's that's you know, that, but that's it seems like it's going to be a pretty good game. I know nothing about either one of those teams. I haven't seen them play. I haven't seen them on film, but I know that it'll be a pretty close game. Forest Hills Eastern is playing Porter's Northern. Porter's Northern's got a pretty good program. Forest Hills Eastern has been competitive with Country Day, with EGR, with FHC. They're pretty good. Then it comes to us. And Flint Powers. So if we have the luxury to get to beat Flint Powers, or it could be Bay City Western, who's actually a pretty decent team. I think they could give Flint Powers a run for their money for that regional final spot. If we have the luxury to beat them, and we can play, and we have luxury to enforce those Eastern plays, that's going to be a really good game in that quarterfinal. Yeah. Because that's four versus five. We have the fifth seed. Forest Hills Eastern has the fourth seed. EGR has the second seed. They're going to probably end up playing the winner of Cranbrook Royal Oak Shrine. Cranbrook is getting better every day. That's all I can say. I mean, I'm telling you right now, they're they're their team. They're a pretty good team. I'll vouch for that. You you texted me a couple weeks ago now, and you said, "Look out for this team." And you yeah. know what? Uh, you you've kind of looked prophetic. They've uh, they've oh. been playing well. Yeah, they played well. You know they they ran into a uh, you know they ran into a buzzsaw with Rice the other night, but that's is what it is. Then Country Day plays uh, De La Salle. Country Day is really good. I mean. We played them. We know. I watched them play Rice. They were in the game, Rice game pretty close. Um, Chris Chris is doing a great job there. And then finally the last game, which I think might be pretty competitive because I, I played this team last year in the region or the year before, I apologize. Okemos is playing Tecumseh. Tecumseh is one of those teams that you would never think that has lacrosse. They're pretty decent. I mean, they have some good athletes. They have a good program. The same, I think the same coach has been there forever. He's been there for a long time. Okemos, my good friend Mike uh, Mike Van Antwerp, he's a great coach. They just won their league. They're fired up. That'll be a great game too, I think. So, and that's just the early regional finals. Those regional finals won't be done until after Memorial Weekend. So, which is great because you get to watch some great lacrosse on Memorial Weekend. It was just you know, which is the final four for lacrosse and the NCAA's. But uh, you know, it's it's going to be a good playoff. I think. I think any team can beat any team. And that's what I look at. So. That's that's a crazy thing. We were talking right before we started taping here today, and and you know, with everything being so condensed, and by the way, we're just grateful there was a season. It's it's like, huh? We got like three weeks left. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. everything's gonna yeah. be upon us. I can't even imagine just hearing you say, Coach, yeah, we got six games to go. I, like you got to condense all that stuff in the next few weeks. So I mean, you're asking a lot of the kids. It's it's weird because you know 
we've played every one of our games except one this mm-hmm. whole season, which is amazing to me. We play Okemos. That's a regular season game. And then we have the playoff game on Saturday, our first round. And then we have the semifinal, semi-regional final. And then we have the regional final. So that's three games. And then we have the quarterfinal. That's a fourth game or fifth. That's to be the fifth game. If we win that, we could play in the semifinal. And then if we win the semifinal, you go to the final. So we could have played seven games. Wow. Unbelievable. Seven more games. Unbelievable. It's so, but it's it's fun. It's that time of the year where it's fun. It's this is the time where it's fun. You get the butterflies in your stomach. I love it. You know, the kids get all jacked up. It, it's awesome. Like this is the this is what it's all about. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Well, you know what? If you're nursing an injury, we got a guy that you can talk to. We also have a special guest coming up on the show as well. But before we move on, as I mentioned at the top of the show, state champs executive producer Lauren Plant. Caught up with DMC's Dr. John Morasso. He has treated a lot of lacrosse injuries in his time, and he has some good advice. Let's take a listen. What's up, Faceoff listeners? I'm Lauren Plant with State Champs, and we just wanted to take a few minutes to discuss injuries and possibly some injury prevention measures as it relates to lacrosse. I want you to welcome Dr. John Morasso. He is a sports medicine physician at the Detroit Medical Center. Today we are talking to you lacrosse players about some common injuries that you might be going through and how to deal with it. Sports medicine has come a long way. Dr. Morasso, thank you so much for taking a few minutes today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. All right. Good deal. Um, and again, I, I mean it when I say that sports medicine really has come a long way. And there are so many things uh, that, uh, you know, that sports medicine can do for individuals to help them not only uh, recover from an injury, uh, but, you know, get them on the field so much faster than before. Uh, lacrosse is a unique sport. Um, but what are some of the common injuries that you see uh, in lacrosse athletes? So yeah, you're exactly right. Lacrosse is a really fun sport to cover and provide medical care for because on any given day, we can see so many different types of injuries uh, with with lacrosse. It's really a dynamic sport. There's uh, endurance factors. It's a collision sport and it's also a stick sport. So with that, we do see a lot of our our typical soft tissue injuries like strains and sprains, um, muscle, you know, issues with the muscle and tendon, uh, but we also see a lot of fractures in the hand, wrists, and, and foot and ankle. Um, and then also we see things like concussions and, and even, you know, cuts and scrapes and, and blisters. So as a, uh, as a non-operative sports medicine physician, it really is fun because it puts all of our, our skills to test. And if they are interested in knowing the difference between, say, a sports medicine physician and an orthopedic surgeon, how would you describe that? Yeah, absolutely. So this difference is, so first off, both of both sports medicine physicians and orthopedic sports medicine physicians um, have undergone a four-year uh, undergraduate. Then they do four years of medical school at either an MD or DO medical school. Uh, then um, that's where the big kind of divide comes. You decide if you want to be an operative sports medicine doctor or a non-operative. So if you decide the operative route, you would go to orthopedic surgery residency which is five years. Um, And then from there, you can then go on and do an orthopedic sports medicine fellowship where you focus more specifically on the operative type techniques to fix different problems. They're also very well versed in non-operative management because over 90% of injuries are treated non-operatively. 
Now, with the non-operative side of things, you can go a lot of different routes to get there. You can either do emergency medicine, family medicine, pediatrics, PM&R, um, and you do that residency, and then you go on to do a sports medicine fellowship afterwards. So me, for example, as a, a family medicine trained sports doctor, I look at things with a really broad scope. I look at a lot of things like nutrition and sleep, um, you know, a lot of different strengthening exercises and working on muscle imbalances. Um, so I really try to uh, take a step back and look at the whole picture of our athletes and how they're doing um, from that standpoint and how all of these factors affect your ability to perform on the field and also um, recover from injuries. One thing that I really love about DMC Sports Medicine is that we have a huge team of people. We have non-operative uh, sports medicine doctors, we have operative sports medicine doctors, and we all work together just like uh, on your lacrosse team, you're working with um, you know, the, the goalie and, and uh, the attack positions and defensemen. Everyone is working on, on the same team, but we all have slightly different roles. Um, so that's one thing that uh, I really love uh, about uh, sports medicine is the team approach. Well, you know, and one of the things that I think is really important to stress out there is, like you said, uh, you guys work as a team and always try to find the best solution for whatever the case may be for an athlete that comes in with an injury. Uh, and, you know, we always grew up with the motto of trying to play through the pain, which is something we've learned is not something uh, you should do. But, you know, on the other side, uh, there's a lot of athletes who, let's face it, a lot of these seasons, uh, they're shortened seasons. You know, they're, they're not a particularly long period of time. So if they feel like, well, if I go in and get this checked out, it's going to require surgery, uh, you know, or, or they fear that it's going to have to require surgery, then they will avoid it because they don't want to miss uh, their season. You know, they don't want to be out for the long run. However, uh, there are a lot of non-operative ways that can help athletes deal with the issues they have uh, so that they can get back safely and get back on the field as strong and as healthy as possible. Absolutely. Um, especially what I, what I really love about primary care sports medicine or non-operative sports medicine is, like you said, there are so many different approaches. And, um, you know, I remember as a former athlete myself, like one of the things that, that really got me inter interested in medicine and sports medicine specifically is our bodies have an incredible ability to heal. And um, one thing that I remember frustrated me a lot when I was a, a high school athlete is that you know, if, if, you, if I was told that something was hurting, um, you know, they would say, oh, well, then just don't do that. Well, that doesn't really work for athletes. So one right. thing that I really, um, I really focus on is really got to find out because there are certain things that um, you cannot play through and that you should not play through because you really can cause more kind of serious long term harm. But there are some certain, um, you know, injuries that you can play through. So really, it's a team effort. Like, you know, no one's ever going to tell you, you absolutely need to do this. It's always, we always keep the patient's interests in mind. Um, and, and, we're, and we're trying to get you back on the field as safely and as quickly as possible. Uh, so, you know, some of those things that, that we, can, we can do is especially with kind of performance medicine. So um, there is a lot of different things we can do on the physical therapy side of things. We're doing some new techniques called blood flow restriction therapy where essentially you use a blood pressure cuff to kind of make a muscle work harder to, to increase the strength there. We can do things with dry needling and acupuncture. 
Um, we do different type of adjustments like osteopathic manipulation. We work on strengthening. There's some different type of injection options that, that can help kind of get you out there safer. So there's so many different options. Um, it's just more important of figuring out what's going on and what's the best way to treat it safely and effectively. Absolutely. And it's so fascinating to me because I think, you know, a lot of times maybe parents, uh, you know, think of the old traditional ways that a doctor may deal with an athlete. Uh, they see something on the Olympics like Michael Phelps, for instance, having the cupping, you know, that's done. They think, oh, that that's only for the elite athletes. That's not something that uh, my son or my daughter can get treated with. But you guys have access to the latest technology, the latest techniques. Uh, we do our Game Changer segments weekly on State Champs uh, with Laura Ramos and, and and she shows all these different methods and and you guys have all the the technical tools, all, all the, you know, the wonderful toys, I would say, uh, that you get to have at your leisure to treat the athlete the best way possible. Uh, and I think a lot of questions that athletes will have, too, and parents is and coaches uh, is when do you know when is it something like, OK, this you could treat this at home. Uh, you know, this is a you know an icing situation or or something maybe a little bit more complex, but can be treated at home. And when do you need to see a sports medicine physician? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a really a great question, and um, it's tough to answer because every, everything is individualized. So really, um, I always tell my athletes is to really listen to yourself and listen to your body. You know more, you know, you are the expert on your body. You know what you're feeling. You know if you feel like you're feeling something that's causing harm and, and if you feel like it's something that's just a little something more like soreness. So always I would start with icing and elevating, kind of compressing. Um, but if there are signs of weakness, if you're getting some bruising, if there's um, really a loss of balance, or if this is something that just isn't getting better with your more conservative things at home, or if it's a recurrent injury, if it starts to get better and then you go back out and kind of re-aggravate it, uh, those are all really kind of key signs to let's figure out the source of the problem, let's correct that source of the problem so that not only can we fix the current injury, but also prevent things from coming back. Yeah, trust your gut. Your body's going to tell you uh, basically um, – what you need to do. So, you know, really uh, listen to what your intuition tells you. If you're in a lot of pain, you need to get that checked out. And that's the bottom line. Uh, after, you know, some some preventative treatment of, as, as, you know, or some treatment has been done at your home. Uh, but obviously prevention is the big thing. Uh, I think a lot of athletes get out there uneducated with, uh, you know, what they need to do properly so that they can uh, play the the safest way that they can with, you know, trying to avoid injuries. What are some of the ways that you would say, uh, especially in the sport of lacrosse, things they can do to prevent having injuries? Yeah, definitely. So um, lacrosse, you know, especially making sure that all of your, your padding and protective equipment are well fitting um, and that they're actually being worn. That, that's all imp important. Um, and then other things that we can do are making sure that we're doing dynamic warm ups that we're stretching appropriately. Um, you know, limiting the head-to-head -head contact is also really important to, you know, not only prevent uh, concussions for yourself, but also not, um, you know, cause harm to any of our other teammates and, 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 uh, and even our opponents. Um, drinking a lot of water is extremely important. Our muscles really uh, require a lot of hydration um, and our tissues use that water to kind of help things 
um, lubricate appropriately so that everything is moving appropriately, especially as we're getting into our hotter months here. Um, it's very important that we stay on top of hydration. Um, getting rest, sleep is so important. Um, a lot of recovery happens while we're sleeping. So making sure that you're uh, taking care of yourself in that regard and nutrition is so important. Um, we need those building blocks. You know, uh, we need to put those. If, if, if you think about it, like in construction, if you're using poor materials, you know, that that structure you're building probably isn't going to stand up too too long. But if you're getting the right nutrition, you're getting all of these things in place. Um, you're listening to your body and, and, and you're coming into the season or, you know, at this point, um, you're, you're staying up with your endurance. All of those things can really help keep you out there longer and, and doing what you love to do. Absolutely. Listen up, people. Hey, if you have a sports injury that is not improving, see the experts at DMC Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. For an appointment, phone number is easy, 1-888-300-DOCS. That's one 888 I want to thank Dr. John Morasso for his time today. Uh, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, great. I'm Lauren Plant. Now, back to Sean and Greg for more lacrosse talk. Okay, thanks, Lauren, and thanks, Dr. Marasso. Great advice. And welcome back into Face Off. So glad you can join us as we talk uh, lacrosse all over the great state of Michigan. Uh, kindly joining us right now, he is the head man at UDM Detroit Mercy, doing a heck of a job. I mean, not only around here, but uh, Coach Durham, you and I were talking uh, these guys are making some noise nationally as well. Uh, the head coach is kind enough to join us here on uh, Face Off. Uh, let's welcome him in, uh, Chris Colin. First of all, Chris, really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for what you do. It's good. Love what you guys do. Well, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that we have been talking so much about on this show, and you have a unique perspective about it. Let's get this out of the way right now because I like talking about the great sport, but how has COVID been for, for you and your program? Everybody has had their battle. I can't even imagine what it's been like it's, at your uh, level. It's been terrible. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it at all. It was a very challenging year. I give a lot of credit to the young people uh around here for for their resolve and how they handle themselves i think they handle themselves a lot better than adults sometimes i mean i can give you a couple examples uh you know we went to go play mariston poughkeepsie new york right we get there in our hotel our hotel has every restriction in the world uh we actually have to get dressed in our hotel and this is february and show up to the game they give us a 10 by 10 tent that we had to stay outside the entire time no locker rooms no anything play the game play a pretty good game tied in the fourth quarter we end up losing and then we have to get on the bus like change in this 10 by 10 tent with no siding uh and go ahead and uh go home for 12 hours on a bus no showers no anything oh. um yeah you know testing week every week testing every week all the situations that we had no locker rooms no contact for a while um you know, we didn't get to do any of the normal development things that we usually do. Um, and it was just a struggle, but the kids did the best they could with everything. And, and uh, we tried our best and, and, and I'm very proud of the effort that, that we gave. And, and, uh, but man, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, the news today, the, you know, mask going away on Saturday, I'm just hoping for some normalcy. I got, you know, where most of my guys will be vaccinated. I think all of them will be vaccinated next year. I'm looking forward to things kind of getting back to normal. Yeah, very cool, Chris. Uh, I know we talked uh, briefly about some things, and uh, 
definitely that's one of them. Let, let me ask you a question. I mean, um, your roster, um, how when you do your recruiting, because this is really, really good for some of the high school kids especially, but you really kind of stick to a lot of the local area, but I know you do grab guys from out east and, and especially Canada as well. Um, yep. So what's your process kind of like going through that now? Well, our Canadian kids are, we, you know, we're, we're getting that Ontario uh, area that's kind of within a two or three hour drive, right? And that's kind of, uh, I mean, I'm a Michigan guy, right? This is my, my place. Uh, you know, it's my home team, right? I, I know every, I seem to know everybody. So we tend to hope that we can find, you know, every, every single diamond that there is, no matter how much coal is around it, right? So um, we really pride ourselves on, on the Michigan kid. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I always uh, say that, you know, when I was around and there was only, what, like six or seven teams playing in high school, there wasn't that many opportunities. I would have taken, you know, a local to play for U of D, uh, play for the city of Detroit and, and uh, a Jesuit school. Uh, I would love to have done that, right? So I, I always carry that with me as I'm, I'm kind of going around the state that, you know, there are some kids that want to represent kind of the state and the city um, and, and stay close to home. So, so um yeah, I mean, we love our we, we we love kind of that 300 mile radius. You know, we're we're not really going into the into the hotbeds of Maryland and 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 uh, New York anymore. There's so many schools, and and you got to pass probably like 20 schools that look just like U of D um, to uh, to come to U of D, right? So we we we're starting to go west. That you know, we've got a lot of Minnesota kids that can kind of drive down for a day. Uh, we've gone into Las Vegas and we've gone into back into Texas a little bit. So uh, we're going a little bit further west now as the game expands. And, and really with COVID, um, it's been a great blessing for us with some of the kids that we've gotten from Michigan. I think, um, you know, that Brother Ice defense that you're going to see pretty soon, Bull. Uh, <laughs> you know, those, those guys are those guys are coming to us. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I think they wanted to stay close to home because of uh, some of the, the stuff that happened with COVID. And, and we're so happy to have them. Uh, Coach Colin, now kindly joining us, the head man, of course, for UDM Detroit Mercy here on Faceoff. Coach, you talk about expansion. I, I often say this to, to Coach Durham, you're a perfect guy to talk to. You've had a front row seat for how this sport has expanded, not only in Michigan, but as you mentioned, in the area. Uh, from your playing career, how would you discuss, or, or describe the way this has expanded in the last 20, 25 years? Well, I think U.S. Lacrosse has done a pretty good job. You know, I love seeing some of the schools out in the periphery getting lacrosse. Love seeing uh, Cast Tech, what what Liam's doing down there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's incredible, right? Uh, and Summer's doing with on the girls' side. It's just incredible to see the city of Detroit that they have a high school team. And I mean, it's a great sport, right? Like, why wouldn't you want to play it? Uh, it brings in the best of every other sport. Um, if, if you can kind of afford it, um, it, it, you know, it's probably, I think it's the best sport to play in the world. Um, I mean, was there a hundred and was there a hundred and some teams now? hundred and uh, I think 48 teams, something like that. 148. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Bo, Bo, back in our day, what was there? Seven, right? So there's like nine. Uh, and then like nine, everybody started, yeah. everybody, everybody kind of grew. And then I know they had Seaholm, they, they added the yep. team and like where yep. you played. And so it's yep. just, it's really crazy, Chris. Cause one of the things I, I really kind of see is like, the youth program starting up because, you know, when I first started coaching, I coached at Birmingham in the youth program, mm -hmm. me and your buddy, uh, Mike Dungan there. We, we started yep, that yep. and, yep, and, and <laughs> we were the best of the best. It was awesome because we, that was the hotbed of Michigan was Birmingham. You had rice, yep. you had Seaholm, you had Cranbrook, you had country day well, all within and, two miles of well, each other. And I'm going to you know? tell you, if we want to really get into it, 
uh, the minutia of it. You just said, I think, the most important thing. When I'm done with this college thing, I'm going to go probably be a seventh or an eighth grade coach because I think it's the most important time uh, for development for a kid. And it's the thing that we're, I think, in the state, we're probably missing the most of, right? Because yes. everyone wants the high school varsity job. Everybody wants that thing. And, you know, Birmingham had some success because of what, you know, the foundations that were being built. So um, seeing those youth programs to me is the most exciting thing in the state. And if we can see more and more youth programs popping up and kids starting to pick up the game in middle school and earlier, I think uh, that's when we start competing and, and, you know, kids aren't going to go to the University of Detroit. They're going to start going to those top five and, and, and uh, you, know, you know, you'll see higher quality of, 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 uh, uh, of kid, right? Yeah, so, that's exactly what my one of my coaches and I were talking about. And as well, we, we talked on the show last week, I think, is a couple things that really matter. And I think one of them is the fundamental skills are being skipped, especially right. in the middle school level, especially at age, you know, the fifth grade. So what I've, I mean, seriously, on my JV team, we have re- iterated and reestablished those fundamental skills like cradling bottom hand. Well, Just, <laughs> I, I like your, I like your, J, I, I do like your JV coaches. So, <laughs> so, you know, you're right. His two, two JV coaches are players for him. So, uh, Brett Lubin and, uh, Jack Harrop. So they're really good guys and, and they were doing a great job, but we're actually trying to teach those kids, you know, how to properly pick up a ground ball. I mean, you know, getting, get away, you know, run away from pressure and turn away from pressure and things of that nature and how to, you know, like I said, how to cradle, how to throw correctly. Because the problem is a lot of these kids come to us and they're just not taught the right way. Why? Because they're being coached by dads who are just trying to help out and trying to fill in the gaps. And and it's it's hard because coaching lacrosse, you have to be, you you have to understand how it's done. I mean, and that's one right. of the things. So, Right. But um, gotta start with gotta start with patching, passing, and catching for sure. You do, and that's gonna be the key. So you know, that's one of the things that we talk about um, all the time on here. Uh, the other one more thing about Chris is that when you recruit, are you looking at the multi-sport athlete? Because we talked about this last week. Um, yeah, we like athletes. I mean, who doesn't like athletes, right? Uh, Charlie Hayes is you know playing pro uh, in the Whip Snakes, and I think is probably going to turn out to be one of the you know all-time greats coming out of Michigan from. Utica Eisenhower, right? He was an attackman, and I I recruited him uh, off a basketball game. I didn't recruit him off a lacrosse game. I saw his footwork, I saw his hands, uh, saw his movement and his fitness, and I the I offered him off of his basketball game, not off of what he was doing as an attackman in high school. So, um, wow. you know, we try to be as we try to be as creative as possible when we're looking at kids. We just don't look at lacrosse. We kind of look at everything. So, awesome. um, yeah. Well, one last thing before we let you go, I'd be remiss if I if I didn't ask you, um, you know, to to tell everybody about what you guys are doing at, at UDM. I don't know how much you can say, and certainly I don't want to get you in trouble at the NCAA. So I'll yeah. I'll just lob you a softball and you hit it wherever you want. Yeah, uh, you know, we're trying our best. We're gonna have uh, we're we're back to recruiting June first, watching high school games and things like that. So the NCAA is kind of taking the the leash off. And uh, so we're going to be out recruiting. We're going to have prospect days. We're going to get back to looking at the kids the way we like looking at the kids. And and hopefully, you know, it's going to take a little bit of work between, you know, kids and us where, you know, everyone's going to have to meet each other halfway. We're going to probably drop some, uh, you know, have some prospect days and have a little bit more than we usually do, make them a little bit cheaper so we can hopefully see more kids than, than, uh, you know, than we usually have in the past uh, in the summertime and, and, and beyond into the fall. 
So, you know, we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to a, a very Michigan-centric roster of freshmen coming in. And, uh, you know, we'll save the MHSAA and kind of the, how they are either growing the game and hindering the growth of the game, another one uh, down the road. But, <laughs> right? I've got a lot of opinions on that. I can usually say a little bit more than high school coaches. But uh, we're doing the best we can at Detroit. I think it's a great product. It's a great school with some great majors. Um, you know, we don't, we might not have, you know, we're on seven mile and we are what we are and we, we embrace that. Um, so, you know, it's a good, once you come down and see us, I, I think most people end up liking it. Beautiful campus. And you're, you're doing a heck of a job there, coach. Anybody that follows knows that we appreciate your time and we're going to hold you to that. We're going to have you come on again and we're, we're going to yeah, have coach Colin unfiltered. Is that all right? That's what we'll <laughs> yeah, call this. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I don't mind. I don't mind doing a little bit of, uh, you know, I, I, the MHSA has been a great, uh, was great for lacrosse. And at this point, I just hope they can continue continue to evolve at what the, as the game evolves and some of their policies are, I think, as we talk about further growth, um, you, you know, some of the policies that they currently have, I don't think are helping. And, and I, you know, I don't mind. Uh, I know what some of the high school coaches want to say and they're not saying. Um, so I don't mind helping out. Uh, uh, you know, we want to see the kids playing the best kids they can and everybody getting better. And it's all coming and everybody's coming from, from a good place. So uh, no harm, no foul. And, and we're all trying to do good for kids. And, and, and that's about it. Great stuff. Appreciate your time, Thanks, Coach. Chris. Best of luck and uh, look forward to chatting with you again. Appreciate it. All right, coming guys. on today. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Chris guys. Colin, uh, kindly joining us here on Face Off. And, uh, Coach, time flies when you're having fun. That's going to be all the time we have today. Want to spend a, send a special shout-out to Kevin. Always to you, Coach Durham, as well. As we talked about earlier in the show, tremendous action this week. Make sure you go check some out. And even if you miss it, you can catch up with us next week, and That's we'll right. tell you all about it. For Greg Durham, I'm Sean Belegian saying thanks so much for joining us on another edition of Face Off.